Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast, a podcast where we break down, review, and riff on straight-to-stream science fiction movies, television, web series, miniseries, whatever you want to call them, and give you all of our opinions. I'll be your host, Anthony, and with me is my other host, Chris. Yeah, Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm good, man. Uh, weather. Nine, yeah, it was it nine, it was 100 degrees today, I think? Uh, yeah, for the last couple of weeks and for the next couple of weeks. It is July. How about you, man? Uh, I'm enjoying the great indoors. It's fantastic. Mm. Like, I want to sit outside, but I realize that even if it wasn't for the global pandemic, I would, I would not go outside. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Format for this podcast is we give our initial thoughts on whatever we watched. We'll do a plot synopsis and breakdown and then... Give our final thoughts, uh, opinions, uh, decide whether or not uh, this show, or in this case show, was worth the price of subscription. So Chris. Yes. What did we watch today? Uh, we watched the pilot episode for the Netflix original series, October Faction. Yeah, October Faction. What did you, uh, what were your initial thoughts? What did you think? <laughs> My initial thoughts were fairly positive. Our blurb is... A semi-retired couple who work for a clandestine monster hunting agency discover dark family secrets and the truth about their employer about their employer after magically inclined nigh adult kids awaken a witch bent on revenge. Where did you get that description? IMDB. Oh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of giving away the whole goat there, isn't it? Um <laughs> Well, we we talked about this with other on other episodes of our show, when a show gets released on Netflix or Amazon or when they I don't want to the word dump isn't correct, but when they drop all of the episodes all at once, you have the opportunity to watch them in one setting. So there's no reason to not possibly spoil anything. But yeah, no, that uh that definitely gives the goat away. You are correct. Yeah. I think this show was I thought it was pretty good. I thought the camera work was good, the effects Meh. I mean, yeah, I, don't know I think what, the effects were appropriate for television. I don't know what the budget is. We we never actually, we rarely get to see the budget on some of these things, but especially on tele, on movies, it's a lot easier to figure out what the budget is. It's very interesting. Yeah, but uh, no, I thought uh, the actors do a pretty good job. I thought, the, like I said, the camera work was pretty good. You know, for the most part, I thought it was really, I thought it was well done. Okay, how about you? Most of the same. Most of the same. Initially, I liked it. The getting into it, the more I think about it. Honestly, so here's a high and a low. This is how (laughs) bipolar I'm going to be about this. Uh, When it was finished, my initial thought was, wow, okay. I think this is the one show, out of all the other shows we've watched for this podcast, that I would like to continue the most. Mm. I was like, this has more going on in it than anything else we've watched. I want to see more. Okay. And then I sat there and I was kind of go- mulling it over in my head as kind of preparing for the, the podcast. And I'm very, very worried that it's going to just be 90% family drama <laughs> uh. when it shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. It has all the telltale markers of something that's just going to go full CW. Okay. If that makes sense. Fair enough. Can I read you the description off Wikipedia? You can. I won't stop you. October Faction is an American supernatural drama web television series created by Damian Kindler, based on the comic book series of the same name by Steve Niles and Damian Worm. 
Mm-hmm. In March 2020, the series was canceled after one season. Yeah. So. So that's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, your opportunity to watch all of it at once. Oh, well, that's true. I can uh, watch all of it, but it also <laughs> kind of makes it. Um, because <laughs> but like now I'm just like ah I I guarantee you they did that thing where there's a cliffhanger and I don't feel like having another show that's never going to resolve itself. So this show has a 33% rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. for critical rating. Only 6 reviews. So kind of a small sample size. Uh 51% of the audience eh uh, it looks like it also has a 6.1 on IMDb, and yeah. 78% of Google users liked this show. Yeah, not reviewed very well. Man, we never agree with the masses. That's just... Oh, no, we agreed with uh, Artemis Fowl. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah 100% agreement. Uh, broken there. clock is right twice a day, something like that, <laughs> right? Depending on where you live in the world, maybe just once a day. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, if you have a 24-hour clock... Anyways, what I said makes perfect sense. No, it didn't. Keep going. Keep going. Does it not? Does it not make perfect <laughs> sense? Keep going. Let's go. Continue. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was done. Okay. Fair enough. The, well, that just that just leads... That just uh, lends credence. Is that the term? It lends credence to my theory that it just goes off the rails. Fair enough. Some of the character interactions were very... Like they're very quick witted. They talk. They talk to each other a lot. The the parents treat the children like, or their kids. They're seventeen, so they're not necessarily children. Children. They're older children. But anyway, they treat their kids like adults, right? They treat them like people. Whenever they had, they listen the whole nine yards. And I, on the surface, that seems great, and I like it. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I have, I have my suspicions. Plus, <laughs> uh, I don't need. Not every show, just because it can, needs to have overt sexual content. Eh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, it We've is talked rated about TV, that before. Yeah, TVMA. Yeah. This, I, I think I get why this show is rated the way it is. And I, I think you're probably right. I think this show probably goes off the rails pretty quick. It's got what appears to be a lot of potential, but, you know, mm-hmm. potential is just that. The opportunity for greatness did you just, always transpire. Did you just Google the definition of no? Okay. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, like they always say, um, luck, right? Mm-hmm. The the idea of luck is when preparation meets opportunity. No one is inherent. No one is born inherently lucky, unless you're Domino from Deadpool two. Uh, right. But were they born that but, way? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, potential is just that. Like you could have, you know, you could have great cast, high production values a distributor that millions of people are going to watch your television show. Mm-hmm. And if you're just not good, you're not good. That's, that's just what it is. So I, yeah. I, you might be right. I think this show does go off the rails at some point. Probably. Uh, I didn't know it was based off a comic book. We've that's got that a cool. lot recently where it's yeah. like, Oh, this is based off a comic. Interesting. I mean, we did. Yeah. I mean, cursed is based off an upcoming graphic novel, which isn't quite a comic, but similar in the same vein, right? The old yeah. guard is based off a comic. What was the other thing that was based off a of comic? Warrior Nun was based off a of comic. Mm-hmm. This Warrior is based Nun. off a of comic. Hmm? No, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just going through. <laughs> we need to we need to have a comic book so we can have a television show on Netflix, I guess. Is that the way in? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta learn yeah, to draw. Sure. No, I'll become a good actor before I can learn to draw. I don't know if you know. That's fair. Do you wanna break this plot down? Yeah. Or do yeah. you want me to break this plot down, I guess? Yeah, go right ahead. 
Um, All right. I'll take a nap in the back. <laughs> so our our opening sequence is actually s- subtitles for me of snarling, screeching, and gunfire. Mm-hmm. We are in Osaka, Japan. There's a man with glasses sitting down, and then a woman uh, comes up behind him, and she puts her arms around him, and she's like, you know, the home office wants an update pretty quick, huh? Our male lead just, he says, my dad is dead. He died from a heart attack yesterday. And she hugs mm. him and gives him a, you know. And then uh, she she has a a funky looking gun. I don't know exactly yeah, what, it sure was. what it was. Yeah. But uh, then there's a, a loud, gro- a low growl behind them. And he says, uh, going home is scary. And then she tells him, you know, it's going to be okay. And then they both stand up and she turns around and shoots some weird looking creature. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the opening of our show. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it really sets oh. them up, doesn't it? Yeah, I was like, let's go. Let's supportive for this. Supportive couple. He <laughs> thinks going home is scarier than fighting monsters. So it really says a lot about them. Like right away, you get a good a good feel for it. I liked it. Our next scene is in a car. They are in the front seat. Their children are in the back. Their son is, I, I guess he's hypothesizing that the town probably thinks it, or that he thinks it was foul play. And he says something to the effect of, you know, the town shut in, dies mysteriously at home all alone. And then uh, he says in Japan that he hopes Angela Lansbury is at the funeral. He says, (laughs) I'm sorry. He says in Japanese that Angela Lansbury, he hopes that she's at the funeral. This is a funny conversation with his dad. And and he's like, wait, did you learn how to speak Japanese by watching Murder, she wrote? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's great. Oh, yeah. His sister, their daughter, is sitting next to him and. She's drawing what appears to be the human body, and she's listening to something in Japanese, and their son calls the parents corporate terrorists. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 we're, we're an insurance. And then he goes, ah, yes. And then he's looking at their like IDs. <laughs> it just says risk assessment, mm-hmm. big letters on the top. I was like, okay, cool. It's a decent cover, and it yeah. explains why you got to travel. And Yeah. Yeah. It's also so boring that no one would ask more questions about it. It's really <laughs> well, it's good. In, a, in True Lies, do you remember the movie True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis? I remember where his that movie. Cov- his cover is that he's a software salesman for, I, I think he's a software salesman for companies that sell paper. And there's a scene where he's in the bathroom with his wife and he's just making up some story about this new product line that they have. And she's just standing there like, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, ah, yeah, man. Great cover. Boring jobs. The parents ask the children if they like their new school. The son says that he likes it for the most part. Viv, which is the daughter, because uh, we find that's her name because our female lead, the mother, turns around and says, What about you, Viv? And she says, Well, you know, I kind of like the science labs. They, there's a I think she says there's a place that does a really good chocolate donut or something to that effect. <laughs> That's important. And, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, we thought you would try harder this year. And then they, I don't know if this is a fight, but they have a uh, squabble. Uh, yeah. A squabble. Thank you. Where she says, I can't believe that you're not worried about me expanding my brain as much as you are making fake friends and posting on Insta. Uh, <laughs> and then the dad turns around and says, look, we know you're a straight A student. <laughs> you need you you need practice with people yeah that's that's fair it's fair i mean you want your kids to be well-rounded right yeah i don't know would you rather a straight a student who did well in school didn't struggle through college get the a job that they liked and enjoyed or would you rather a 
a B student who had a good social life and a good circle of friends to support them through the rest of their life? I'd probably go with option B. Okay. Mainly because the people that... (laughs) I'm going to go on a philosophical tangent here. But the people that you surround yourself with that love you are what make life tolerable. Exactly. You can have a great job. You can make all the money in the world and, and, and have nothing because you don't know how to deal with other people. You know what I mean? Social skills are important. And so that's, that's what they're trying to hammer into her head. Absolutely. But she, on the other hand, is correct as well. You know, school is there to teach you and help you expand your mind. And when you're trying to get good grades so you can, you know, get into a good school later on, hanging out with fake friends and making posts on Instagram aren't going to get you into that college, you know, unless you're a legacy. (laughs) And even then... (laughs) And even then you might die. And then uh, you might get murdered. <laughs> anyways, murdered. I was just curious because I, I had that thought at this moment. I was like, yeah, I'd rather my students didn't make straight A's if as long as they were well-rounded. Your students or your kids? I'm sorry. I wouldn't want my kids. <laughs> I would rather my kids didn't get straight A's if, as long as they were well-rounded. Right? I don't want them yeah. to fail or struggle. But I'd also, right. I remember the kids in school that got the straight A's and A pluses that tried way too hard. So... I mean, you know what, I mean, it's the old, 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 I don't know how old adage, you know, the person who graduates at the bottom of their class in medical school, you know what they're called? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. (laughs) They stop at a gas station slash general store. The dad gets out of the car and he sees a worker in the garage and he's like, hey man, can we get some gas? And then the person he's speaking to looks at him, slams his drawer shut and then walks away. That was kind of weird. You didn't think it was weird that they needed somebody to pump their gas? I guess I looked into it. I guess certain parts of the country in America, you you can't pump your yeah. own gas. Yeah, there are some places that it's a, a like it's a union thing. That's weird, yeah. man. Uh, is it? Well, yeah. I just I've never I've lived all, I've lived in a lot of places uh, in America, we, and I've never been anywhere where I didn't just hop out and pop, pump my own gas. There used to be a full service station in the town that we live in. Oh yeah, like you, like you would pull up and then like someone would come out to see you. Um, well, I could get it if it if you. <laughs> I just because they're right there next to the pump, and then they stand around right. waiting for how many ever minutes. Yeah, it's common. Hmm. I've seen it. Not doubting, it was just uh, yeah. odd to me. Odd to me. That's fair. Yeah, the kids go into the store and they're looking around. They see a bunch of goofy stuff. I think one of them pulls up a big big mouth bass Billy. I don't know if you remember those things. <laughs> oh, I wish I didn't. <laughs> and then they um, while they're standing there. They also, they see a fortune telling machine. It's the Oracle Omare. Viv yeah. puts a, a quarter in, 50 cents. I don't know how much. Starts it up. It comes to life. Well, it, it doesn't come to life. It lights up, starts moving around, tells her, you know, about destiny and blah, 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 blah. And then a card pops out. And the card says, all hidden things will be revealed. And then she has like a quick vision of something. And then she just leaves. Fair enough. Yeah, so... Did they could they just not get the rights to Zoltar? Is that the idea? <laughs> I guess so. It's Zoltar, right? I don't know. There's probably yeah. a lot of different ones. That's just the most prevalent one I've right. seen. So another worker, an older man, approaches the vehicle and he says, "You guys need to take your business elsewhere." And then the dad asks why, and then that worker looks at the wife and says, "Her." That causes the dad to pull his glasses off and uh, pull up on this dude. 
And I thought we were going to have a fight in this parking lot, which yeah. I, I was ready for. Viv, Vivian, calls the guy racist, or she says racist much. Oh, and then uh, the mother is like, hey, you know, chill out. It's He's not worth it. Let's get in the car. And they drive away. I was very surprised at this scene. Really? Yeah, I was. I was. Were you not? Which... Uh, no, because I understand that this is going to be controversial, but I understand that racism occurs <laughs> all over the United States. <laughs> just, we we live in the South, and a we lot do. of people think that just because you live in the South, you know, this is the only well, place where racism I, happens. We live in Texas. Let's just differentiate it's, ourselves from the South. That's but. the Southern part of the United States. Sure. But sure. Tell that to Los Angeles. There are lots of places up North where it's i mean there's the there were the boston bus riots no um, no no, no. All... It, i i'm not saying that people aren't racist i was not surprised that somebody was racist i was surprised that they were so racist they didn't want the money oh no i wasn't surprised at that i've never i've never met a racist who didn't like <laughs> the color green more than the color white if that does that make sense well, we also don't know exactly if that's the reason why this guy Oh, it's is heavily like implied, right? Well, and it's, because it's, he does later on it's it's revealed that that's not the reason. Cuz he doesn't look at the kids no. and say anything. He only looks at the mother. Yeah. Well, and the kids no, weren't you. there at first either, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I mean, he could have turned to them and said, "You guys got to get out of here too." Oh, yeah, you know that probably I mean? would have that would have started a fight. Yeah. I mean. No, I I get what you're saying, but I just, no. I I was I thought it I mean, him making some snide remark or I don't know, something, but it just not, I guess not just them going, Hey, we'd like to give you money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that to me is absolutely nuts. Fair enough. They arrive at an estate, which looks really, really nice. It's big. It's yeah. Would you call this a manor? Lot. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think. The son actually says, "What did it? What was it like growing up at Wayne Manor?" Oh, he does or something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, and it looks nice. It's just a little worn down. Probably doesn't have a, a regular groundskeeper or something like that. As they get out of the car, it is revealed that the mm. father's name is Fred because he has a flashback of having some discussion with his parents, and they're like, "Where have you been? You know what time it is?" And he's like, "Well, I went to the city." And then he's holding a gun, and they take it from him, and they're like, "Where's Seth? Where's your brother?" And then the flashback ends. They walk inside. The son comments on the tapestries being borderline abusive. <laughs> There's a knock on the door. It's the executor of the estate. We get some I, names. Sorry. What's up? What's I, up? I hate her. Okay, oh, let's carry Sandra on. Sandra St. Clair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Insufferable. She gets introduced to the rest of the family. Dolores is the mother or uh, Fred's wife. And the kids are twins named Jeff and Vivian. Sandra apparently also knew Dolores in high school. Not well enough for her to remember who she was. I thought it was funny. And then, and then she says, you know, I have a daughter that's your guys' age. Maybe we can arrange some kind of play date or hangout sesh, whatever it's called. Pretty cool. I actually thought she would, like, was she was she drunk to you in this scene? No, no. Uh, have you ever, I no, mean... I, not at I all. I thought she had been drinking. <laughs> no. I, I She just was kind of ditzy. Oh, fair <sighs> enough. No, I thought she had been drinking before, but fair enough. I don't think uh, so. She hands them a copy of the will and a, an enclosed letter to Fred. And she's like, you know, we got to talk about, you know, getting this place restored and fixed up. And he goes, we plan on selling the house. Get it fixed. 
find a price that it'll sell and sell it. I don't even think he says to fix it. I think he just says, get a realtor, price it to sell. Yeah. They kind of go their separate ways. Vivian is upstairs. It's very spooky in this big old house. Most big empty houses are spooky. She peels back some wallpaper and there appears to be what looks like claw marks on the wall. Yeah. Jeff is downstairs. And she didn't tell anybody about that? It's not her house. Yeah, but that seems like something. Hey, guys, look at this. This is weird. Look at this. Hey, mom, look at this. This is odd. Did you know what I saw in the other room? <laughs> nah, she just keeps it to herself. If I saw giant claw marks in a house, I was looking at it, I'd be like, hey, look at this. Be like, hey, look, what in the world <laughs> is this? Did you guys notice these claw marks? <laughs> I once helped um, a friend move in to his new house, and I was putting stuff in his master bedroom closet, and I said, hey, hey, man, why does this closet lock from the outside? <laughs> like, not like the knob was in there wrong. Like, there was a latch. <laughs> that went over it, but from the outside. Oh, gosh. Those yeah, are the things sometimes. you share. and You're like, you should do something about this. <laughs> Jeff is downstairs, and he's looking at some pictures, and he finds one of his granddad shaking hands with, I think, W, and then there's, like, some family portraits. Dolores walks into the kitchen, and she has a flashback of Fred's parents telling her, or telling him that, quote, that girl is not Presidio material. I don't think they have anything necessarily against Dolores the person, but they don't think she can handle what's called Presidio. And he doesn't really care. And he's like, you know, your brother, Seth, he was strong. And look what Presidio did to him, Mm. which causes Fred to leave the room, grab Dolores, and then they leave. Yeah. The flashback ends. This kitchen's really nice, though. I thought it was pretty cool. I notice kitchens because my wife wants to redo our kitchen. So she shows me all sorts of stuff about kitchens. She really wants a farm sink. So mm. cool. Yeah. Your relationship is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. We we have we have our own interests. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> we're in a we're in a study of some kind. Both Fred and Dolores, I wouldn't say simultaneously, but within seconds of each other, have their wrists scanned by various things. Dolores is in a pantry. Fred gets his hand scanned by like a clock or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, red laser comes yeah, out, your typical, scans it. Uh, Mission Impossible they, scanner. Yeah, the like the pantry opens up or one of the shelves releases and it's got a bunch of guns. Fred, he's like, go ahead and upload any information you can to the New York HQ and then begin shutdown procedures for this location. And he gets a phone call. It's the director or something. I think her name is Edith. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't really care. Blah, 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 blah. They had a little conversation about it. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to relocate you or reassign you to Oslo. This is going to be a very busy October. Apparently there's a lot of activity on the Russian-Finnish border. And they got to take care of some business. He doesn't look too happy about it. We cut to Jeff and Vivian upstairs. And they're talking about their grandfather, whose name is Samuel, and about how he drove their grandmother, Margaret, away. Hmm. And they're like, I wonder if spending seven years in Boca has mellowed her out or whatever. And they don't even think that she's going to be coming to the funeral. Would you? I don't know. Huh? I mean, you're what? married to somebody for how long? A long time, right? Because they had two I... kids, and then she's been gone for seven years. Would you come to the funeral after 50 yeah. years of marriage and then seven years apart? Yeah. I mean, it's just karma. No, oh, I guess. <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, I was thinking of some joke about how if you ne- if you don't go to anyone's funeral, no one will come to yours. But I don't think that's yeah, that's fine. Thing. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Fred is downstairs. He gathers everyone together, and he's like, "Hey, get your stuff packed. We're going to go to a hotel." Vivian, Jeff, and Dolores all agree that they want to stay. You know, this is his home. 
or where he grew up. They want to get to know, about, you know, the place itself. Fred acquiesces after having a side conversation with Dolores that I could probably hear from where Jeff and Vivian are sitting. But yeah. he's like, we got to do a more thorough inspection for weapons and tech and then have a, I think he says an S&D team come in here and get it cleaned up. That scene ends. It's nighttime. We get various shots of all of them laying in bed. Fred wakes up. He turns a light on and picks up a key. When he was in the study, he found like a old key underneath the desk and he looked at it and then didn't give it a second thought. And then, um, it's an old, like when you say old, it's an old style key, like your stereotypical one long bar and a couple of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. He walks over to a door that Jeff was trying to open earlier and couldn't. He unlocks the door, walks in and turn the lights on. And I, I assume this is Seth's room. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like, I didn't know whose room it was, but it quickly becomes, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, uh, there's lots of stuff from the 80s in this room, like records. I think there's an Atari and some games, a boombox. Yeah. He has a flashback of his brother getting stabbed, like in a subway, and then dying in front of him. And it, it is so painful because apparently it makes him crawl up into the fetal position on the ground and cry. Is, was it a subway? It looked like a subway to me. I mean, I've been in the subway half a dozen times and that's that looked like a subway but no it was a bathroom for, there were sinks there were posters on the wall just for thoroughness sake i will be happy to look up this episode again. no I'm, I'm watching it right now no need are you really yeah and later he says that they were at a club and he got stabbed oh i thought he was just lying oh maybe but no because it, it, it has pictures of women on the wall ah uh, yeah okay yeah it yeah. does look like a bathroom okay you're right doesn't that look like he's the one who did it well if you watch the entire th- if it, like because there's a couple different places where the vision happens. Because I thought, like, the person that stabbed him had, like, if you go to... Where are we at? I'm sending you a screenshot. It looks like someone's hand is all... It has, like, crazy long fingernails. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I don't... It might have been him. I don't think it was. No, it okay, it doesn't... Him. Okay. I thought, like, yeah. he had accidentally or on purpose... I, obviously, accidentally, right. sorry. Right, right. Yes, yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cut all this. All right, good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the next day, Vivian asks Dolores, why hasn't dad cried yet? And she says, well, you know, your father and your grandfather didn't have the best relationship, you know. And they have a pretty interesting conversation, which I'm sure in this show, like the character Vivian probably hasn't had to deal with a whole lot of deaths or funerals in the family, or at least ones that are directly related to her close family. And so Dolores explains that, you know, people react differently to grief. And the best thing that we can do is just be available for when your father is ready to talk about it, which is correct. You know, you can't yeah. force you can't force emotions out of people <laughs> as much as some people will try. You really can't. We cut to Fred and Jeff getting ready. Fred wants to give Jeff a black tie. And he's like, no, 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 let's wear this red one. And then Fred's like, oh, yeah, that was uh, that was my brother's. Jeff asks how he died and then he says that we went to a club in manhattan and he was stabbed wow yeah it's intense the tie does look good on him too it was <laughs> a he good says choice. It. he's like yeah. yeah he's like yeah you look that's good let's go it's cool to wear family like he found it in his in grandpa's closet and i kind of get that right like you go to the funeral you want to bring something that you want to be respectful I, I don't know i thought it was a good choice to for him to find yeah. something of his grandfather's, like a tie, so not not a full outfit or a shirt or something like that. Right. I thought it was a, yeah. I thought it was classy. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we cut to the funeral scene. Vivian is walking around inside of, I guess, their mausoleum, which has just row after row of people with the last name Allen. 
I guess this is where their family members are buried. Do you have a family mausoleum? No, my family's so scattered we don't have one. Yeah, same. After the funeral, I guess they're in the house getting ready for the wake, which I, I, wakes are wakes are weird. Wakes but, are weird. You know, I get what I get. What, I get why they exist. Grandma shows up. Grandma Margaret. She also does not have a very good relationship with Fred because they snap back at each other a little bit. No matter how much I might want to, I I just I mean I know that mean I have a different relationship with my parents than you have with your parents. Okay. I I mean I just know we do because we've talked a little bit. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. A little bit. And it doesn't matter how much I dislike. Like no matter how much I want to argue with my parents, I just don't. It's never worth the trouble. Like it's just it just becomes it just becomes hatred because you're not going to change their minds. Their the relation that dynamic just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? At least in my experience. Yeah. He looks at his mom and goes, "Oh, look, is there anything left of the trust fund, or is it all right here?" And just like points at her face and <laughs> circles. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was just well, like, "Oh, I, that's a slap right there." This guy's also twenty years older than us, so not quite twenty, yeah. like fifteen. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume he's in his 50s. He Well, the actor was born in 1970, so that would put him close to 50, yeah. In his 50s. <laughs> put him at 49, all right? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm on just the saying month. that, like, he's been an adult for a long time. Oh, sure, and that dynamic might right? change. And yeah. so when you, when you witness, there's something to be, like, so his brother Seth, right, dies when he's young. When someone dies young, you can't, well, you always remember them the way that they were because they can't go any further, right? Right. Well, so, yeah. like when you like you have a maybe not an idolized, but you have you have an idea of who that person is, and you you can't have a relationship with that person anymore because they're gone. So, however you felt about that person is the way that you feel. But sure. as you grow older, your relationships change, and I think that he didn't have a healthy relationship then, and it probably over the last thirty. 25 years hasn't gotten any better he says you know you look younger every time that i see you and then he says something about the trust fund like you said so i think that over time his parents probably weren't good people quote unquote no so i i think i think that's the issue which i totally get what you're saying but i totally get where fred's coming from yeah no i i, <laughs> like, I guess i get it i just yeah. being making snide remarks and being mean for no reason isn't going to get you anywhere and so it's just kind of yeah you know she doesn't even give him like she doesn't hug him she doesn't give him a kiss he kisses her she doesn't she doesn't ask how he's doing she doesn't ask about the family she just rolls in and then declares that she's she wants the key she wants the house right and then says and i might want to spend time with my grandchildren (laughs) so yeah no i get it i get it it's interesting dynamic yeah you know it's foreign to me i guess is where i was going with that so. it's fair I'm, ha- I'm happy for you yeah <laughs> i'm happy that you, you don't have any resentment oh i didn't say uh, to have any resentment i just said <laughs> acting on the resentment is foreign to me we're at the wake everyone's kind of like walking around talking to each other vivian gets roped into meeting sandra st Clair's daughter and their friend group and when she walks over to them there's a young man who just gives her like a dismissive look and then walks away he says i gotta go find us booze oh, that was kind of yeah. weird yeah you mean rude is that what you meant yeah yeah did i say that no you said weird oh i meant to say rude yeah and which is also weird when people are rude it doesn't make any sense <laughs> we cut to jeff meeting that young man his name is philip who is the son of the man that fred is talking to who is apparently going to be the new mayor we cut to dolores 
walking around and she sees someone that she used to know. This woman's name is Gina Fernandez. She is now the sheriff, which was Dolores's father's old job. Oh, mm. that's the reason why that guy doesn't like her, because we find out Dolores is like, hey, I stopped at Hudson Auto and uh, Basil's dad pretty much told me to piss off. And then Gina's like, well, you shouldn't take that personally. He hasn't been the same since Baz left. Apparently there was a fire at a pharmacy and Basil, the son of the guy who runs Hudson Auto, went to prison. And I guess that Dolores's dad popped him for that crime, which is probably the reason why he doesn't like Dolores and doesn't want her business is because right. her father's the reason why the, his kid went to jail. Well, it's the entire uh-huh. reason. Yeah. And that yeah. is a reason so. that I understand. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So there's some noise. I just got. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. There's no. no, Just having a a whole shop full of people go. Ugh. No. Based on race (laughs) seemed way too. No. I I mean, I guess it's not unrealistic. Just too on the nose. I guess. So having it be this other reason was made more sense. I don't know. No, I got you. I don't understand racism. I'm sorry for not understanding racism. (laughs) It's my bad. I'll try to be more racist in the future. Uh. Is that, the, is that the name of this episode? Uh, oh, oh, gosh, no. Uh. <laughs> no, nah, man, I can I can explain to you racism in 10 seconds. It's dumb. So... <laughs> you, uh, what are you going to do with those other seven <laughs> seconds, man? I, I don't need them. We hear Fred talking, and I get you hear, like, the sound of something, like, falling on the ground, and he apparently has had too many to drink because he's having trouble standing up, and then Dolores gets him, they go outside... As they're leaving the room, he says, I'm in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> Which is, you know, it's good. He's like, was that Gina I saw? And then uh, Dolores is like, Sheriff Gina Fernandez. And then he's like, man, she looks good. <laughs> and then Dolores is like, hey, chill out. Cal- yeah, chill out, calm bro. down, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Fred kind of lets it go a little bit. He's mad that all these people are here kissing up because they want sam's money i guess that he was a particularly wealthy individual and uh i guess in the past had spread it around i guess that's why everyone's being so friendly to them and i think vivian and jeff both comment on it earlier in the episode about how their grandfather was rich and all these people are just here to suck up vivian walks out and she's like wow dad's loaded (laughs) cool the real reason why she came outside is because the caterers are worried. They're out of some alcohol and snacks. Fred and Dolores, they're going to go get some supplies. They need to get some fresh air anyways. And as they're about to leave, Dolores is like, why are we going to take the rental? And they go over to a garage, rip the the tarp off an old muscle car, and then get in it and just take off. <laughs> Fred opens the, yeah. the glove compartment and there is a gun and a joint uh, in the glove compartment. Which I'm pretty sure that joint would have gone bad. I mean, you don't know the I'm last time sure. his dad. Um, I also don't know anything about. I mean the the paper looked fairly fresh and clean. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Unrealistic. This is where I, my immersion just stopped. No. Uh, and apparently this car was Dolores's because when they park after driving like crazy into the parking lot, I think it says like DDs on the license plate. Yeah, D Lang. Yeah. They're uh, smoking in the car, having a little hot boxing session, and they have a little conversation about their jobs. <laughs> the windows are down, but yeah. Yeah. 
having a little conversation about how their kids don't even know who they are, really, or what they do. And Fred's like, it's dangerous. Presidio is dangerous. And she's like, is it dangerous to not tell them? Which is a good point. They finally decide to get out and go get some, go get the snacks. They're walking around and have a case of the munchies. They're like grabbing stuff off the, the walls. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, I these love are these. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and then while they're shopping, both of them within moments of each other, like sense something, something's wrong. They reconvene after separating for a moment. Dolores is like, I smell sulfur and copper. Mm. And then uh, Fred's like, great. We don't have any, we don't have a scanner or any decent weapons. So he pulls his phone out, uh, puts it into some kind of crazy app that uh, allows them to scan the surroundings and they have, they stop and hover over a couple. And when they do that, it just says Xenoforms like above them. Yeah. And uh, it's a, I guess a middle-aged man and a middle-aged woman looking at a pumpkin. Or at least they're in their early 40s. They say, okay, well, they've, they have acquired a target or they found a, a target or something. And they follow a worker into the back of this grocery store that they're in. Fred and Dolores go after them. Dolores pulls out the revolver from the car, which I was surprised had bullets in it. And then Fred grabs a meat, like a, a meat cutting knife off the wall. And then he says, why do I get this and you get that? And her response is, you're drunk, babe. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. They split up. Fred's walking around. He ends up in the butcher area. Uh, there's Because you see like sides of meat hanging on the wall. And this guy was like, yeah, man, I was an ad man. And he starts singing some jingles that he wrote. And then Fred recognizes them. And he's like, yeah, I remember those jingles. And then this guy starts describing how ads have no souls these days. Everything's lit. What does lit even mean? What does lit mean? I mean, it's like a, it's like hot. Duh. This guy argues that Fred doesn't have to kill him. And then Fred replies, catch and release isn't in the job description. <laughs> Actually, I think this is probably my favorite part of the show. Oh, it's the best at scene. least this particular scene. Yeah. yeah. They circle each other for a moment and then stop, which I was like, what is, what is Fred doing? Does he not know that there's a second one? Come on, man. And then this guy he's talking to says, man, we, we're helpless vegetarians. Fred replies, you're not helpless. That's why I have a job. And then uh, <laughs> the same guy says, uh, well, you know, we just want to go. We'll go our separate ways. No harm, no foul. And then Fred points to the man that they have killed hanging on a hook. And he says, he looks harmed and pretty foul. <laughs> a great reveal, right? Yeah. And then this guy's like, hey, man, he had heart problems and un untreated diabetes. We did him a favor. The camera cuts to Dolores being jumped by this guy's wife. And we get a good shot of her face. And she's got four spiky protrusions sticking out of the, the middle of her face. It cuts to Fred talking to this guy. And he's about to make a move. And then he gets shot in the head and uh, gets blood all over Fred's face and suit. And then he says, hey, that guy was the J Money orange soda guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolores goes, huh? And then shoots him again. <laughs> uh, oh, can a can a towel work like that as a noise suppressor? That can't be real, right? No, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt so, it. Can enough. you put a suppressor on a revolver like that? I w I was under the impression that oh, I don't know where does suppressors don't don't they screw in like with a like yeah a, typically like with a double screw. Yeah, I I don't know. I've never used a suppressor. Yeah, I want everyone to know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Silencers can don't work a like suppressor, that. Can you put a suppressor on a 50 caliber machine gun? You can do anything you want. This is America. <laughs> you said this was your favorite scene. Why was it your favorite Just, scene? Just no, their dialogue between the two of them. He tries to appeal to his humanity because you don't have to do this, you know, and then he just looks at him like, mm. Mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do, man. I got, yeah. I kind of do, bro. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I thought this was the best, the best scene in this episode for the dialogue. Yeah. I mean, cause if like at the beginning, we don't exactly know, you know, there's a monster and they shoot him like, oh, okay. But then as the episode builds, we find out that this is some sort of secret society that hunts monsters. And you're like, okay, whatever. Like, how do they know how to hunt monsters? Right. And so the fact that these are intelligible, like probably not all of them, but this particular set of creatures is intelligible. You know, they're able to communicate. I, mean, I don't know what xenoform means, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. He looks harmed and pretty foul. Oh, that, was that was pretty funny. Great. That was pretty great. We cut back to the house. Vivian and Jeff are walking next to each other. Jeff pulls out the will and he says, oh man, this free ride's over. He uh, puts it back in his jacket, and then he walks into the room with uh, Madison and the other young adults, and he says, this place is white privilege HQ. And then Madison is talking about, he's like, yeah, my mom said that the old man hid millions in this house, and we just got to find it. Another young man walks in between Madison and Jeff and makes eye contact with Jeff, and then Vivian calls him thirsty. In Japanese, yeah? Yeah, and I was like, wait, okay. Because she says, like, that's the guy from the funeral. Yeah, I didn't recognize him from the funeral. Did no, I didn't see him, him before this. That I, not that I yeah. saw, yeah. And then he is like, well, check this out. And then he walks over and tells the young adults, like, yeah, man, I heard that same rumor, too. We can contact the old man. My sister is really good at seances. <laughs> and then convinces them to go upstairs and have a seance with Vivian. And he's like, well, I'm going to go get some booze. And then just walks away. Fair enough. We come back to the grocery store and... Fred and Dolores are packing stuff up in the trunk, and then we get a good shot of bloody clothes and body parts. Yeah. Fred, I think, no, Dolores says, uh, do you think the, the local law enforcement will buy it? And then Fred says, well, you slit the dead guy's throat to cover up the bite marks, ripped an ear off, and then carved a pentagram into his butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they'll buy it. Yeah, they don't, they don't, if they don't get a serial killer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to open up a salad. I'm going to open a Texas-themed salad bar. I think that's what he said. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, man. You ever had a, like jalapeno salsa or jalapeno ranch? Delicious. No, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> Fred reveals that they are going to Oslo. Dolores is not excited for this move, and she's out, essentially. Yeah. She's like, uh, you're off your game. I'm off my game. The kids are, what, the last half of high school? It's not a good time to be moving yeah. around every few weeks. Yeah. He's like, I didn't join Presidio to impress my, or I didn't join Presidio because of my grandfather. And she's like, no, you joined because of Seth, but you did it to impress Sam. And then she's like, we have to have time to figure out what's going on. We got to tell our kids. We got to live our lives for a little bit. The scene cuts back to the house. Vivian is starting the seance, you know, says all the things like, you know, hey, Samuel, if you hear us, blah, 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 blah. We cut to Jeff making out with that young man that he was thirsty for in the pantry. Yeah. It, it turns out to be more than just making out, I guess. Yeah. And then he sees a, a young man in the corner of the pantry looking at them, and he he freaks out and says, what's going on here? And then that the young man who he's uh, engaging in amorous activities with 
looks over and he doesn't see anybody. And then back at the seance, everyone's nose starts bleeding except for Vivian's. And then she starts like having a spasm or something and freaks them all out and they leave. And then she has a vision of uh, what appears to be a young woman chained to some concrete slabs at the bottom of some kind of bottle, uh, bottle, <laughs> bottle of some body of water. Yeah, like a big lake or something. Then she starts floating horizontally in the room. Her eyes turn red. This person breaks free from the bottom of these uh, of this body of water, swims up to the surface, looks at the camera, and has red eyes. Did you notice that the chains broke off after Vivian, after the, the people that Vivian was holding hands with were able to rip their hands off? It was this kind of weird correlation mm, between it seemed to me that there was a correlation between the two i did not notice that hmm. yeah so that's the end of the pilot episode for october faction oh you missed the best part what was the ending yeah it, it, the red eyes and then it i said that and then it fades to black and it says directed by director x and i, <laughs> and I laughed out loud and then had to look up who the heck that was <laughs> who is director? I don't, he who does is music director videos or something uh, yeah, but you can oh, look at he. Guy. I think he does the next episode too. But I was just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> they, uh, way to like me take you seriously, buddy. Yeah, I mean I understand Fair stage name. names, you know. But does he have a real name? Yeah, yeah he does have a real Julian name. Julian yeah. Christian name? Lutz, hmm. director X. Cool. <laughs> his picture on Wikipedia makes me want to slap him. You see His this? picture on Wikipedia makes me want to be him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, well, those two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. <laughs> not mutually exclusive, yeah. Uh, Julian Christian Lutz, or maybe Julian. There's an E in there. That's interesting. Eh. Oh, so, uh, man. Oh, man. Just if just that fade to black, after that serious moment, all this crazy stuff happening, and then just directed by Director X. I just, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So, that, so we broke down the plot. <laughs> yeah, we did. After we gave our initial impressions, yeah, that begs the question, Anthony, did you like this episode? Uh, I still think it was good. I think after re-going through the breakdown, I'm actually going to, to lower my opinion a little bit. Fair enough. But it is a very good pilot episode. It asks a lot of questions. It hints at some stuff. It sets up all the characters. It's it's what I'd want in a pilot episode. And, and it shows, hey, this is what the issue is going to be very quickly. The monsters they're going to be fighting are going to be somehow connected to their kids. And, and that's good. But like I said, that also makes me nervous. Right. And I, I would. Yeah. And I'm even more nervous because I know that it got canceled. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you? In our podcast, we started reviewing television or web series or mini series, whatever we want to call them. Episodic visual media. We decided that we would only watch the pilot. Right. And that whatever ideas, thoughts, judgments we had would be based only on the pilot. Right. I remember making that decision. I was there. Well, I'm, expl- I'm explaining it to the people who may not have been oh, privy you're, to that. Oh, oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm mansplaining this. You're uh, mansplaining it. <laughs> I apologize uh, on behalf of men everywhere so, for Christopher. Don't, don't you dare. There's <laughs> no reason to apologize for me. As a pilot... I probably think this is the best pilot we've watched. Yeah. I think, well, I think Charmed is the best pilot that um, we watched. Okay. Okay. But I think this show that. is, is really, this pilot is really good. Like we get everything you need to know about these characters fairly quickly. What plot we have is direct to the point. It's involved and surrounds everything that's important for the show. Yeah. I think I think as far as pilots go, I think it does pretty a pretty good job. Sure, I, I would agree. Yeah. It's in my top. 
I liked the charm pilot. I thought the charm pilot was fantastic as a pilot. I liked the order pilot. Well, I liked the double part. If you combine the two parts of the order pilot, yeah. then I would say that that's also really good. I think just the first half, uh, I would I would not say it was an excellent pilot compared to everything else. But yeah, I think this does a great sure. job as a pilot. It definitely makes me want to watch more. We don't judge the show based on the rest of the episodes or the rest of the series, which, you know, we when we were talking, when we did the episode on Warrior Nun, we had a completely different take than everyone else. But I think, every, like not everyone else, but a, a lot of the internet, but they were probably thinking of the show in its entirety. But sure, we're not going to, we don't do that. We only do the pilot episode. So I liked it. Do I think it's worth the price of subscription? Well... It got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yes, but no. So uh, <laughs> I don't. Unfortunately, I think the answer is no. It is not worth the price of subscription. I mean, maybe it gets picked up somewhere else. I don't know, but that's uh, that's not for us to decide. Any final thoughts? Closing ideas? No. Anything? Not at all. Yeah. I'll probably finish it's, it just out of curiosity. Well, I think it has what eleven episodes, and they're all fair. Ten episodes, and they're all fairly short. Yeah, they're all less than an hour. I think they run. 35 to 45 minutes something like that yeah it's interesting that we talked about it when we were watching when we we reviewed warrior nun is it weird that netflix has so many shows in the same genre essentially at the same time kind of they're all in the same setting how's that i don't want to put them in the same genre i wouldn't put i mean in, in a broad obviously we we're a genre podcast so obviously everything falls under that that genre umbrella and yes october faction and the order and warrior nun are in the same overall genre but very different subgenres. i don't know what those subgenres are but they're all very different movies this one involves a family Uh, one involves revenge the other one is maybe a bit of a coming of warrior nun i think is supposed to be a bit of a coming of age so they're all telling very different stories within this genre and i think I think the reason that this type of fantasy is more prevalent is anything, well, even we, we did it. When we reviewed A Letter from the King, or A Letter for the King, A Letter for the King, we mentioned Lord of the Rings, we mentioned Game of Thrones. Everything gets compared to those things, right? So with fantasy, you get compared to that stuff. With science fiction, there's just a lot of it. Though we were overloaded with science fiction before, it's also much more difficult to make, and when I say science fiction, I mean stereotypical science fiction, right? Star Trek and anything that you would be like, oh, that's like Star Trek. They're traveling through space, blah, blah, blah. I think it's just difficult to make science, like traditional science fiction, stereotypical traditional science fiction that is believable from a effects standpoint on the budget of a television show. Okay, but that's not the question that I asked. I didn't hear the question you asked, or I forgot <laughs> it question, along the way. Why did they come up with a bunch the, of shows in this genre all at once? I'm answering that yeah, question. Well, no, no, so no, yeah. No, but I'm answering. I'm getting that, there. That, You're that, not letting that me finish. Wasn't my, I'm a, that wasn't my question. Oh, what was your, I said, is it strange that oh, they would do all these shows all at once? So, knowing that these other like typical fantasy and science fiction are much more difficult to do or get compared to things that are kind of unfair to be honest to compare them to i think that the supernatural genre is an obvious place for new stories to be told that aren't just normal dramas and that's what i was getting at with all of that i was like well look at all the other look at all these other settings either do something like this or you do that if it's going to have a fantastical element to it the supernatural is not 
as no, it just makes more sense than the other than the other typical fantastical settings. It's also probably cheaper Fair from enough. a special effects standpoint and a costuming standpoint. Where do we film it standpoint? It's much easier. Like they just they were filmed in some old house, right? They were in a grocery store for a lot of the episode. They're in a car, you know, these types of things. Yeah, yeah there's effects involved, but they're it's I imagine a lot cheaper. Okay, more practical if not cheaper. Fair enough. That's where I was going with that. Plus, I think we've talked about before, but I don't know if it's made it to a pod episode that Supernatural is about to end. And that lasted so we, we, 14, 15. We talked about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it made the cut. I know we've talked about it. Mm. Oh, you know, in fact, I know it didn't make the cut uh, because of audio <laughs> issues. No, Supernatural is about to end. And that lasted a long time. Those fans got to go somewhere. And people are trying to take a piece yeah. of that pie. Fair enough. I don't know. Did it, Did I? Yeah. How off topic did I get there? Uh, I don't think you were off topic. It just took you a while to get to answer my question. That's fair. I could have. Um, I apologize. Next time I'll answer and then back it up. That's kind of the. <laughs> that's my bad. No, you're right. No, it would no, have been no, a better no. way of answering. It's my mistake. Uh, no, that's not what I meant. I just. <laughs> I asked. I asked if you thought it was weird, and then you were. <laughs> then you. Well, I had to think it through. About I had to think differences. it through. <laughs> that's fair. No, it's fine. I just wanted you to answer the question, but you did, and I appreciate that. <laughs> better. <laughs> No, what do you, I mean, like, why do you think, I mean, do you, do you have anything to add to the rant I just went on? I think it's, I think it's pretty much the same in terms of, I think in 2020, and I think in 2018, 2019, when these shows were in production and being filmed and, you know, the plans uh, to make them were agreed upon. I think fantasy, supernatural fantasy is probably just in a, it probably just has a bigger market share. Mm. You know, there was that moment. When did a uh, hold on a second? When did Oblivion come out? What two thousand six? No, not the game. The movie no. with Tom Cruise. That was not a good movie. I didn't like. That's it. not my. That's not what I was talking. I about. I know, but, but I'm just. Uh. If I remember right, when I saw the trailer for that, I think I. I want to say I saw the, tra- the trailer for that with you. We were watching some movie in theaters, hmm. and we just had like I think in 2013 there was just like a bunch of science fiction movies that came out. And we talk about it. We talked about it a little bit earlier. I think it was on Warrior Nun, where we thought for a moment that science fiction was going to have another renaissance, and it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, there were the Star Wars sequels came out, the new Star Wars movies, but those that, that was all like. I mean, the, you could say a lot of the. Well, I I think that comic book superhero movies are a subgenre of science fiction. Some of them, especially some of the Marvel ones, have definitely gone into science fiction. Yeah. Well, they just, they ended up dominating the market. They did. And kicked hard science fiction out of that market. But I think the only thing that's really been able to rival it in terms of mass marketing, appeal, and probably most importantly, dollar signs has been the fantasy genre and the supernatural genre. I mean, because you could even, you can consider a lot of horror movies supernatural. I would say horror falls under the science fiction fantasy umbrella. For the, well, sorry. Some horror but falls like, under that. But like ghost stories, yeah, possession, they all that's all supernatural. I just think that it's probably more prevalent now. And it's just easier to make money when you can tell a story about people that interact with supernatural beings or with magic. I think it's at this moment in time, that's just where we are mm. in the market. And we've talked before about there was a lot of science fiction shows in the eighties, nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh people get tired of it. We had 14 yeah. years of Star Trek seasons, you know, yeah. and movies back to and back whatnot. To back yeah, to back, to back to back to back to back. We're just now getting new Star Trek in the last couple of years. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know why. I don't mind it. I'm, I'm not in any way saying that it's bad. I was. It's curiosity. When we, when we sat down and decided to start watching 
pilots for television shows, the very first pass that I made through Netflix and oh, Amazon and, the and Hulu, second pass and the third pass. And yeah, I was, I was like, Oh my God, there are so many, <laughs> there are so many shows that have to do with tweens, teens and in-betweens like dealing with magic and the supernatural. Magic like how, how is this possible? Which is, yeah. like, Oh, all right. I also think it's a budgeting thing. I really do. I think that might be a big part of it. Artemis is foul. Artemis Fowl's $125 million budget disagrees. <laughs> well, we're talking about television. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm not complaining. I do. I am waiting for the return of some traditional science fiction. Is Lost in Space any good on Netflix? I've only seen like the first episode. I watched the first episode and a half and turned it off. But I, well, I probably, knowing me, it's hard to know whether I didn't like it or if it was just late and I was falling asleep. Mm. So it's, it's hard to say. I, it's probably okay. I also wouldn't call it traditional science fiction. So it, it is, but the family, I guess it's a family and that's the part where I'm like, well, it's different in any, uh, I'm just, I hate kids. Um, (laughs) No, I love, I love children in real life and I hate them. In in television and movies. I think that's a fair... I feel comfortable only, saying that and sharing that with the masses. I think the the wife and I, well, she was my fiance at the time. We watched it when we were... I think we were in Vegas. We got engaged and went to Vegas like that weekend. Well, it was late, you know, a, a day of going out and hanging out at all the different casinos. And I think we watched Cirque du Soleil and came back to the hotel room and was tired. And I was like, man, let's watch Lost in Space. <laughs> <laughs> when well, you know, I say return to traditional science fiction, um, Orville was really good, and is it Star Trek Discovery? The second season, especially, is really really good. Traditional science fiction. Have you watched Star Trek Discovery yet? Uh, I have watched. I think most of the first season. Yeah, you need to uh, you need to get on that, man. Yeah. I would love to talk to you about it. Okay. Uh, the second season is muy muy bueno. Did you mm. see Picard? Uh, I saw the first two episodes of Picard. Yeah. I would not call that traditional science fiction or stereotypical or whatever. I don't know. It's yeah. different. Well, I mean, maybe the... I mean, when I say traditional, I'm using the long wor- wrong words. When I was a kid, the things that... The stories that captured my imagination were spaceships and flying around and in, whether it's investigating things or a, a mm-hmm. big space war or whatever. You know, Star Wars, Star Trek, books that the... I mean, one of my favorite authors, Timothy Zahn. I love... I love Timothy Zahn novels. I love his early, more action sci-fi stuff. I like his later stuff. It's it's great. Yeah, I think. I mean, maybe. I think maybe just the market will correct itself eventually. The pendulum will swing back. Yeah, probably. You know, maybe we just yeah. haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's up so. to us. <laughs> it's yeah, we are the sci-fi wise guys. Maybe it's up to us. Well, and I think it's. We've talked about this off pod. O O P out of pod. <laughs> I think. It's just easier to tell a science fiction story in a game. No, science fiction is very prevalent in games, yes. Yeah, it's. I, I think, I don't want to say that it's probably the biggest genre, but I think in, in terms of the places in or, or the, the atmosphere in which you could tell a story, I think science fiction is probably the biggest. Sure. I wouldn't call it, so. yeah, it's weird because you would call, you wouldn't call science fiction a genre of a video yeah. game, but because it's a setting, know, Star, right? Starcraft is so different in terms of gameplay than Mass Effect. Right. And that's so different than Masters of Orion. Which is, which is you different know. than Portal, which yeah. is different than everything. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just easier. Yeah, no, I get you. It's easier to tell those stories in video games as opposed to movies. Well, that goes to that cost thing. Do you do you think that science fiction movies? I didn't. Even, I don't know why I just thought of this. And we're gonna. I'm gonna have a hell of a time cutting all this up. Uh, <laughs> do you think that science fiction movies are needing to com- or like they're competing with games? And that's one of the reasons no. is like they like there's no way a movie can be as good as Mass Effect story wise, lore wise. The games are made in such a way that somebody who wants an action game can play through Mass Effect 2 and enjoy the story and the action. It can be fast paced and somebody who just wants to get real deep into the lore and treat it as more of a hard science fiction can do that as well while a movie has to make a decision about what type of audience it wants uh no No? i don't think so only because like i think there will always be a place for the visual media only because there are people who are like my wife who love star trek and love star wars and love science fiction and she loves action movies but she hates video games so I think there will all well she doesn't hate them. She doesn't like to play them. Mm. And so there will always be a audience for people who only want to watch the movies and then sure. people who like movies and video games will be dragged to see those movies anyways. Right, right. Okay, I get you. Well, now that we have officially we've gone way off topic, off the rails and in the weeds. Will that about do it for you? Yeah, that'll <laughs> man, that'll do it for me. I'll see you next I week. Think, I think it'll do it for me too. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, suggestions for what we should watch next. Compliments. Please. Oh, well, I mean, I figured this would be, we wouldn't have to ask for those because they would just give them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Email us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at B underscore roll podcast. In our official Facebook group, if you're some, for some reason, still on Facebook, the B roll (laughs) podcast group, I guess we'll be there too. If you liked what you heard, make sure to you know leave us a thumbs up or a review. Give us a follow. Uh, five-star reviews really, really help. Uh, if you leave a five-star review we will on uh, iTunes, we will read it in the next episode. So if you want to hear your words spoken by Chris's voice, that's the way to do it. And he will read whatever you put in there. <laughs> Anything. That's true. If you really like the, uh, the podcast, do you want to help support us monetarily as we as we pay for things like hosting and software and uh, better hardware and that type of thing uh, you can support us through patreon at patreon.com slash b underscore roll we appreciate all of that uh, and lastly make sure you share us with people that you hate <laughs> well they're the ones who need us the most so <laughs> yeah and just remember that uh it's 2020 if you're listening to this in the future um in like 2021 2022 i don't know how much better things got but just know that this was a rough year it's still a rough year and it's stressful out there keep yourself safe stay hydrated and just remember that you'll always have community and love if you listen to this podcast thanks for listening guys. thanks guys and ladies bye Did it hail on you? No. Did it rain on you? Yes. Okay. It is raining. Oh, it's raining right now? Mm-hmm. Cool. Not heavy or anything, obviously. Just kind of rain. But okay. I'll let you guys bye. do your thing. Bye. Waffle said bye. Bye. <laughs> um... <clears throat>